Hi, I'm Jess. And I'm Coley. We met at our neighborhood park when we were five years old, and we've been friends ever since. We can hardly believe it, but we've been best friends for over 35 years now. We've come a long way since then. And we'd like to invite you along on our journey through life together. We'd love to spend time chatting about anything and everything. So if you're ready to hang out, just meet us at the park. See you there. All right, welcome back. We're here. I'm not sure that we're both doing great today. We're both doing okay. We're doing okay. Here we are. Yep. Ah, uh, life. I'm home with a sick kiddo, so there will be um, background noise, FYI. Yeah, and I'm squeezing this in in between uh, work and a gig I have tomorrow. I'm heading out to Indiana today for a shoot that I'll be producing. And nice. yeah, I still haven't packed, so yay. Did I tell you that my neighbor is waiting? He already has another podcast that he's planning on doing with you. I don't think I've told you this. No. Um, My neighbor has a podcast pitch to give you, but he wants to start a podcast with you doing like movie reviews and like talking about old movies. You would love it. (laughs) I (laughs) guess. Send him my info. Like, is he the one that's right next to you? Yeah. Right next door. Yeah. Okay. I've met him. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no. They're great. Um. So yeah, I don't know. I just dawned on me. I hadn't told you that. I got to start the next episode for my kid. Okay. He's got his next episode going. (laughs) All right. So I also have like done something weird to my knee. I don't know. There's just stuff happening, but it's the middle of the week. We're doing good. Yeah. We're going to (laughs) persevere. What do (laughs) you have to survive? Yes, I do. I do. I definitely have my (laughs) coffee of the day. Coffee. Nice. Um, I have my airy mug. Yeah, that doesn't look like a Star Wars mug. No, it's my airy mug. Or if you're German, it's Ari. Um, It's a camera company. They do other film gear as well. Girl, you can't be mentioning companies that aren't sponsoring us. Well, hopefully they'll sponsor us, (laughs) Airy. Welcome to to meet us at the park, Airy. (laughs) Come on over, sponsor us. We repping your mugs here. No, I, I love it because it's a big mug uh, and I need a lot of coffee. I made it extra strong because I got to drive and probably do a little bit of work when I get to the hotel as well. So, oh man, I have two new mugs. I haven't used them yet. They're in my, actually, they're still in the dishwasher, but I got one that's like, I think it's probably really a soup bowl because it's like it, giant, but I've made coffee in a soup bowl before, like one of those right? soup bowl mugs. Yeah. 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 It has a handle. It's ceramic. I, we might do that. And then I got a, um, like a tie-dye one from a shop in Galveston. So I need to use those soon. Today, all I have, I don't have homemade anything. I have an unsweet tea from the Golden Arches and I have an unsweet coffee from Starbucks. What? No sweetener? Well, it has caramel in it, but it has no sweetener. So it's just espresso cream and like caramel drizzle. It's really good. All right. She's changed her drink again. I know. I'm just trying to go down the sweetness. I've gotten where I just can't stand it being too sweet. Like every now, oh, on vacation, we went into a Starbucks and I, so I didn't use my phone to order because I was like out of my usual like drive through mode. And I completely forgot to tell them like half sweet or like one pump or whatever. Oh, it was awful. It was so bad. Oh. I mean, they made it correctly. I just forgot my order because it's just in my phone and I wasn't thinking so I was just like, yeah, I want this. And they made it normally. And it's just too sweet. I just can't stand it. Yeah. Well, Starbucks will remake your drink if you don't like it. So you can yeah. actually be like, I'm so sorry. This is more sweet than I'm used to. Can you do half? And they'll just redo it. 
I could never. <laughs> I could never. It, yeah, I could never. <laughs> well, next time, just go and order an extra black coffee and then just pour it half. Pour some half. more in. That would have been good. Yeah, I could have done that. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. So I have to tell you a story. My, oh, gosh, my poor friend. So she drives for Uber and Lyft, um, which yeah. I know you do some of that too. Uh-huh. Um, and a few months ago, got in an accident while she was either Ubering or lifting. I don't, I don't remember. Everyone was fine. No one was hurt. But she had to, you know, like her car had to go to the shop and yeah. everything's backed up because of, I don't, hell, why is stuff still backed up? I, whatever is going on with the supply chain, it took her, it took like three months in the shop to oh, get wow. whatever fixed. I know. And then she got her car back like on a Monday, a couple of weeks ago. And then like that Wednesday, she got in another wreck. Oh and no. Ne- I know. Neither one was her fault. Like, like very clearly neither accident was her fault. And she was Ubering or lifting again. And another Uber driver hit her. Oh, I know. And, and like, again, everyone was pretty okay. Like no one was had to go to the hospital or anything. But like her car is probably totaled. And then she realizes that the guy gave, he lied about everything. He didn't give his correct name. He didn't give his correct insurance policy. And he gave a fake phone number. Oh. Yeah. So she starts calling insurance company. You know, you have to call like the Uber, the Lyft, whatever. You have to do stuff in the app. You have to, you know, she had to check on her writer you know she just wanted to make sure everyone was okay and uh anyway when she started reporting things well and the guy had already left the scene at that point like she couldn't get anything corrected because he was gone Mm -hmm. she realizes the phone number's wrong because he's not responding then the insurance company is like that's not a policy number i it was just a mess and (laughs) i I just tried to explain to uber and lyft that this was another uber lyft driver and maybe they could find via gps who was in the the location yeah she kept telling them i have the exact location because like right like she was there she got hit Mm-hmm. and she just kept saying like i i know you're not going to tell me any of the information i don't care i don't need this guy's name i just need it filed correctly like will you pull the gps and they just weren't doing it i don't know or maybe they were doing it and they weren't telling her I, who knows what was going on mm-hmm. you know in the back end anyway they eventually figured it out and got his correct name and i mean it took I took like a week of her stressing out because she was like, what, how am I going to pay premiums for an accident that wasn't even my fault? And like, yeah, what if her rider had been hurt? You know, I mean, she was a nervous wreck about it. Like, yeah, for sure. Anyway, they got it figured out. They figured out who the guy was. The insurance company called him and he admitted it. I'm sure he was probably scared and lied, which isn't great. (laughs) But anyway, they got it figured out. But man. I was so nervous for her. I was trying to Google. Oh, oh, this is bad. So the name he gave us, or he, sorry, he gave her. I wasn't there. I've just inserted myself into this situation. <laughs> um, but the name he gave her, he was really insistent. Like, hey, this is my middle initial. Like, like J, say. Like, it's, you know, oh, what's a fake name? Like, John J. Smith. Like, this is what, you know, he was real insistent. And she was like, he was so nice. I just assumed, like, he'd probably gone his whole life having to tell people, no, like, I'm the one with the J, you know. And uh, it was a complete lie. But we found that guy's name on Facebook. And I was totally ready to message him. And then I found his grandma on Facebook. And I was like, we're messaging his grandma. Like, (laughs) his grandma is going to knock this kid into shape. And it was the wrong person. (laughs) Like, it would have been some poor guy. And then, unfortunately, the guy... 
she she had called the police, of course, to try to figure out who this guy is and get a report number and all the stuff she had to do. And the police went to the two businesses he had listed as like places he worked. And so she had to call those two businesses and be like, hey, just an FYI, this was not your employee. Like it was a it was a lie. It was the wrong name. The detective didn't know <laughs> because oh, it was wow. a lie. Um, yeah. And so she was like, oh my God. I, which how nice of her to call. It yeah. was like a couple of fast food places. She called them and was like, hey, this like had nothing to do with your employee. Like truly it was a lie. And we found this guy on Facebook. Like it wasn't real. <laughs> oh, wow. I mean, that I is know. good that she did that because if the employer finds out that an employee acts a certain way outside of work, that can mm-hmm. go into a lot of employment clauses and that person could lose yeah. their job over nothing. Right. I mean, and this was a was person of color. Like it. Right. Yeah. He, well, it was a black man. And so that's an extra layer of just hassle that he should never have to deal with, but could have to deal with, you know? So yeah. Anyway. So luckily, um, Mr. Fake Name is fine, I believe. (laughs) (laughs) The real guy admitted it and hopefully she gets her car fixed, but oh my gosh. Yeah. What a, just what a stress you should didn't have to have, you know? Yeah. I was in a small little fender bender with another Uber driver one night and it, my experience was different. It was actually pretty easy because I got his uh, way bill and that's his insurance for when he's driving. And so oh. I just told Uber like, Hey, he's another Uber driver. They hashed it out. And then I got the money to fix my car. Good. So um, yeah, I do think she has plans to do things. I think it startled her. Well, I mean, of course it startled her. Like she got T-boned. It was pretty serious. And I think she just wasn't like, I don't know, he seemed so nice. And she was just like, okay, I your information must be correct. But yeah. I think she does have some sort of like mental plans in place to do things differently. Uh, yeah. Pictures of the car and license plate, definitely. Yeah. Like on your phone. Yeah. Uh, because if they can't track the person through uh, the information that they give you, they can track them through the license plate. Right. Which will be good. I mean, hopefully that never happens again. But like, what a pain. Yeah. Oh my gosh. She was nervous about it all week. Like, I mean, you would be right. Like, am I going to get my car fixed? Am I yeah. going to have to buy a new car? Like what? Ugh. And that affects your income because you're not able to drive while, right. you know, it's being fixed or if it's not in an operable condition, mm-hmm. it's, it's pretty serious and it can affect her livelihood. Yeah. Luckily, I think she mostly works from home right now. And does have access to somebody else's car to use if she needs it. Um, But yeah, her car was in the shop for months. Like if that had been her only vehicle or she'd have to like rent a car on her own. I mean, how could you do that? Yeah. I mean, she wouldn't have been able to go to work at all. For sure. Oh, what a mess. Anyway, that just seemed crazy. And she's been dealing with it all week. And that's my current like, you know, Facebook stalking of the moment. So. Until something new comes up. That's who I've been creeping on. Uh, yeah, anyway, I'm sure that one guy loves his grandma. She seemed great. <laughs> that's that's hilarious. <laughs> well, that kind of goes into our topic today. Like, we wanted to talk about um, different Reddit stories that we've, uh, or actually Coley has found. Uh, I'm coming in blind on this to get a blind reaction. Yeah. But they're all on, like, who's the asshole? So I think that story transitions us into this. Yeah. (laughs) Because that guy is obviously the asshole. Right. I know who my vote is for who's the asshole in that story. Yes. Um, Okay. Let me pull it up. Our screen is shared so you can see what I'm reading, but I will read it. 
This is the first one. Um, and the, it's titled, Am I the Asshole for Refusing to Help My Parents Even If They End Up Homeless with Serious Medical Conditions? Which... Wow. Right off the bat, it's a lot, right? Yeah. Um, Okay. So she says, I, 28 female, was raised by super religious parents. It was a fight to be able to go to a normal college, not a Christian one with weird rules, uh, which we should should talk about that sometime because those rules are sometimes something else. Those are intense. Um, (laughs) When I did, they said they will not be paying for my schooling until I quote, come back to the right path. After struggling for a couple of months, a friend told me that the strip club she was working at was hiring. So since she'd been a dancer her whole life, she went to work on the strip club. She dropped out of college and she was making a ton of money. This is about $3,000 on a bad week and 11K for a good, so like $11,000 on a good week. Wow. Which is crazy. I chose Uh, the wrong profession. Right? (laughs) Yeah, I should be selling pictures of my feet on the internet. Um, okay. When, when my parents found out they disowned me, uh, all of her extended family as well, like also disowned her except for two cousins. So fast forward nine years, she has a house she bought outright. She's got a Tesla, no debt. Uh, she owns an apartment building that she rents. Like she's like the landlord at an apartment building. Uh, she has investments. So like, she sounds pretty well, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, she says now my parents have contacted me. Apparently, my father lost his business during COVID. Um, my mom's always been a stay-at-home mom. They've declared bankruptcy and they're really struggling. They're living in an old camper. Uh, my mom's diabetic now, and my dad has always had heart problems. And they wanted help, and I said no. I don't have parents anymore. Uh, according to their religion and their church, my money was earned while sinning. So if they use it, it would be damning their own souls to hell. And I really don't want that for them. Um, My mom started crying. (laughs) My mom started crying. My dad said they don't know where they went wrong with me. Um, I haven't heard anything from them, but like a couple of her aunts and uncles have said like family helps family and which interesting that her aunts and uncles are talking to her now. Yeah. Anyway, it's been a couple of weeks later and I'm starting to feel like I was the asshole um, a month's income from stripping would make a really big change for them. And I wouldn't even miss it. Yeah. What's your initial thoughts? No, she's not an asshole. My stance on this is it's a two-way street with family. Mm-hmm. If family shows up out of the blue asking for money and they cut you out of their lives, but you went on to be successful and they come right. looking for a handout, it's a two-way street. Successful be- despite them completely cutting you off because they didn't like what you were doing. Yeah. And regardless of how you became successful, that's neither here nor there. If they stood behind her the entire time and loved her and helped support her, one, she may not have gone down that path. And two, she would be an asshole because they did that for her. Right. She can't just give them money. I mean, she could, but she's not an asshole for not. Right. Because they didn't stand behind her. Yeah. So that's my stance. What do you think? Yeah, I'm pretty much on the same road as you. The only place I would diverge is like even if your family helped you, it would make you it would make you look kind of bad. And like typically I would want to help someone who helped me, but you're not really ever in debt to your parents. You know, they should just be helping you with things as much as they can. Yeah. Um, but in general, the kind of parents who are gonna cut you off are not the kind of parents you're gonna have that kind of relationship with anyway. Mm-hmm. You're like, right? I would I know I can't imagine. I can imagine cutting family off because I cut people off in a heartbeat and I never look back uh, and I don't feel bad about it at all. (laughs) So, I mean, I don't do it until we're, it's pretty apparent, like, not like, Hey, you were jerked to me once. 
but like years worth of issues. But yeah, by the time I'm done, I'm done. And yeah, I would probably feel guilty, but I don't think I would help. Yeah. There's always going to be with parents, whether you have a good relationship or any family, whether you have a good relationship or a bad relationship, there's still family. So it still hurts. And you will have right. kind of the regret of like, well, I'm not going to help them, but I kind of I feel bad because they're, yeah. Yeah. So there's always those feelings, but I don't think she's an asshole. No, no. They literally only contacted her when they were destitute. Yeah. Like nothing about this makes me think they've been like calling her on her birthday or having any contact with her. It sounds like she didn't see them for nine years. And then they just sort of called at random. Like, no, mm -mm. I do like her little like caveat of like, I don't want this for your souls. (laughs) (laughs) This is true. <laughs> I like your that. soul would that be in danger. Part. Yeah, I'm. I'm really just keeping you safe because you know that's exactly what they would have told her. Oh yeah, and that's pretty much what they told her when they cut her off and out of their lives. Mm-hmm. You know, until you come back to the right path. So, also like eleven thousand dollars a week. Yeah, yeah, I'm in the wrong business apparently. <laughs> Me too. I need to go back in time 20 years and lots of pounds and (laughs) start over. Oh, man. Okay. Let me switch to the second one. Okay. I, 25 male, have been living alone in my parents' house. Parents are out of the country. My brother has twin boys who are four and brings them over almost every week. He leaves them to stay overnight so he can, like, go out with his wife. I love my nephews. I don't mind babysitting. You know, whatever. They're great. Uh, So the other weekend they brought them over. My brother's wife told me that they are apparently fully potty trained, had no accidents whatsoever. They don't need diapers. So I should just let them sleep in their underwear. I did. And of course they had accidents. So I told her what happened. She said accidents happen. I should have made them go to the bathroom, not give them anything to drink before bed, which honestly a little late to tell him that. Uh, Yeah. Anyway, last weekend they came again. I asked her if she brought diapers and she said, With a raised voice. It was an accident. It won't happen again. Trust me. And ran back to the car. Uh, So last night I was like, screw it. I don't want to deal with this. I found some old diapers tucked away and made the nephews wear them. It wasn't a great fit since they had outgrown them, but it was better than nothing. It sounds like one of them wet the diaper in the night. Mm -hmm. Um, But other than that, it was fine. I told the sister-in-law about it. She literally yelled at me saying that I'm effed up for forcing her children to wear diapers and that it will bring back bad habits and it wouldn't be a big deal if they had an accident in the bed again. Tried reasoning with her, but she just called me a dumb arsehole before saying she'll never bring the kids again and storming off to the car. I looked at my brother who was standing nearby and it seemed like he was trying hard to keep a straight face. He followed after her and when he got to the car, he yelled, see you next week. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man, this is a hard one. There's a lot going on here. More than it seems on the surface. Yeah, it does. But just based on this... I I don't think the person's an asshole. I think he could have gone about it differently. There are things that you can do knowing that the children have accidents, like what the mother suggested after the fact, um, right. not giving them liquids. And, you know, there's also like covers for beds that are waterproof. I- or you even know, just so put they, some towels down, make them sleep on the towels. Yeah, or, you know, a puppy pad. Something that's absorbent, right. you know? Right. And then that way, if they do have an accident, you know, it can help them maybe control it. I don't know. I've never had to party train. But <laughs> I feel like if it was my nephew, I would just find ways to go about it differently. I don't know if I'd go full diaper, 
especially one that doesn't fit like I don't know how yeah. grown out of these diapers they were and at four they may feel a little self-conscious you know they're, they're starting right. to be their own individual like person you don't want to shame them in some way by making them wear right. a tight diaper uh, that might even push on their bladder at night you know right yeah so I kind of feel like everyone here neutral. is yeah, I mean, I feel like everyone here is, like, mildly an asshole. Like, yeah. Like, clearly, the mom's not communicating very well. The dad in this situation doesn't seem to be doing anything. Why yeah. isn't he giving any advice? He's just standing yeah. around trying not to giggle? Like, you're not helping. And then, like, this uncle isn't asking anything either. Like, I feel like him just saying, did you bring diapers, is not helpful. Clearly, you knew she wasn't going to bring diapers. Mm-hmm. you could have had that conversation ahead of time like hey i don't want to deal with washing all the bedding again what do you suggest because i don't want to do that yeah they easily could have just had a conversation ahead of time for yeah. sure like nobody I, really communicated well i think a lot of people's problems is we don't default to understanding you mm-hmm. know like there should be some more compassion in the scenario where it's like okay us fighting in front of the kids about them wetting the bed is probably not the most healthy way to solve the problem. And especially demonstrating that to the children, because you are demonstrating how to go about solving a problem and they're observing that. So that's just one issue I have with this. But the other one is just like, imagine how they feel. Right. I was really young, maybe about three or four. And I kind of remember having an accident. My grandma was just like, well, you know, we'll just clean it up. It's okay. Like, yeah, what are you going to do? Know, it, it's it's just, have, yeah, they have accidents all the time that it, they're not paying attention to anything. They're playing, you're asleep. Like, yeah. So, yeah, I think just, the whole thing could have been just yeah. dealt with differently. Yeah. Everyone is like, like, <laughs> like, everyone's just sort of mildly, like, no, for the kids. Is, yeah. The kids are assholes. <laughs> yeah, they're probably fine. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Well, there's two of them. And if only one of them had a diaper, I'm a little like had a wet diaper in the morning. I'm kind of nervous that the uncle was like bringing that up in front of the kids too. He doesn't say he did. So hopefully yeah. he didn't. But like, uh, please don't compare twins either. They've, they're different people. Well, if they're having a conversation and the kids are nearby about, hey, one of them had an accident. I made them wear a diaper. They, they probably heard that. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. What else we got? Okay, this one, honestly, I'm not even going to read because every one of us has dealt with this. The the gist of it is, or the title of it is, am I the asshole for leaving a note that says stop stealing my food at work because someone keeps stealing my food out of the fridge? Every place I've ever worked has had this problem. Yeah. You know, so there's no point in even reading all of this. The only like sort of thing about it is his food disappeared. You know, somebody ate it out of the fridge. So the next time he brought food, he put a note on it that said, stop stealing my food. Nobody took the food, but one of his like work friends came up and said, this is a passive aggressive note was inappropriate and creates a toxic work environment, which I have to giggle at because that's not (laughs) passive aggressive. That's a direct note. (laughs) Yeah. Stop taking my stuff. Yep. And as you can imagine, 90% of the responses are, oh, put ghost peppers in it. And you know, you can't do that. Like that's illegal. Yeah. There's no thing like there's no response to this that I've ever heard that really works. Is it really illegal though? Because yeah, it's your food. Apparently, and uh, if you apparently there's eat precedent. It. Oh yeah. Yeah. There's some precedent that um unless it's a food you eat all the time, which we already know they don't, because the person like the previous food that was stolen didn't have ghost peppers. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know how much people are gonna deal with that, but they've like it's poisoning, I guess. Mm. I will tell you something that happened. At an office I worked in, uh, I didn't do it. 
just, I mean, I didn't do it, but I worked at a pediatrician's office and you know, when babies and little kids get thrush in their mouth, they put uh-huh. gentian violet and it turns their mouth purple, right? Like, like purple, purple. Have you ever really? seen it? Uh-uh. Hold on. I know I'm sharing my screen. I'll Google it. Gentitian we'll violet. post this on uh, our social media too. Yeah. So y'all can see. Yeah. It turns your mouth like this, like purple, purple. And, and anything it, it touches, it just kills the thrush. It's like mm-hmm. a, uh, I don't really think it's over the counter. I guess it's, is it over the counter? I have no idea. But we always kept it in the pediatrician's office because babies come in all the time with thrush. And you can put it like, uh, like this baby I'm showing you here that has it all over his face. I would imagine the mom probably also put it like on her breast. Then it stained you for days. <laughs> like, oh, wow. You cannot wash it off. Anyway, uh, somebody put gentian violet like in their soup or like whatever food they had. And the person who stole it had to go home because they were covered in purple. <laughs> That's fantastic. Right? Like, it doesn't hurt you. Uh, it's not going to, like, cause any kind of poisoning or anything. It's just for, like, multiple days, you're going to be, like, neon purple. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> so, I mean, what do you think? Do you think that creates a toxic work environment to put a note on your food? No. I've had my food stolen, and it was messed up, and it turned out to be an intern that was working for us. I We had ordered in an... I really didn't want to cook that night. So I saved like half my burger and fries and it was like this Mm -hmm. huge burger and everything. And I just put it in the, you know, refrigerator and then it disappeared when I went to go get it for, you know, going home and eating it for dinner. And who's going to eat half of somebody's burger? Yeah. I was like, what if I had some kind of funky like mouth disease and they, you know, it's just gross. You're going to eat. Yeah. No. Yeah. And I just think that's messed up. You just don't mess with people's food. You don't. Food's a really tricky subject, right? Like, it's really sensitive for a lot of people, and you don't know who those people are. And, like, I have a lot of sensory issues with food. I, Mm -hmm. I, you know, no. Yeah. And what if the person, like, (laughs) yeah, what if the person meal prepped for the week, right? They spent all this time, like, on a Sunday prepping all their lunches. And they're a really busy person. They have a lot going on outside of work. Right. And now you're making them like prep another lunch or have to stop their right. work to order something. Or maybe they, they don't have time or money. Yeah. Maybe they don't have time and they don't get to eat lunch that day because you ate their lunch. Right. You know? That's messed yeah. up. No, I think it's messed up too. And I get it. There are times when people are like super broke and are like stealing food, but it still sucks. It still sucks. Yeah, it does. And I don't think it creates a toxic work environment. I think it creates a toxic work environment to have people who do steal food. Yes. And have management who doesn't deal with it. Yeah. Uh, And no one has ever dealt with it anywhere I've worked. So I don't know that there is a great way to deal with it, but. I like that purple violet stuff. Yeah. Right. Mark them. Yeah. Just mark them. That person. (laughs) Yeah. They had to go home. I worked in a clinic one time that had that put hidden cameras up to figure out who all was taking their food. Yeah, I, there's just not a good, I don't think there's a great solution. I don't think it makes anything any more toxic than, yeah, you clearly not trusting your coworkers. It does say at some point in this post, like, why didn't you just ask people? Really? No one's going to own up to it. Be like, well, yeah, what am I going to go food. to every single person's desk and be like, hey, did you take my food? Or send out a group email? Like, nobody's going to <laughs> respond to that. Yeah. Like, yeah, oh yeah, sorry, I ate your lunch. There have been times when I have worked in places where like I did, did I, I know I've used people's creamer and then gone to them and be like, Hey, I, 
I used your creamer. Like, yeah. Is that okay? Yeah. And normally you would ask beforehand, but there's times where I'm like, Hey, like you're fine with this. I'll buy you a new bottle of creamer if I used it once. Like, I don't care just because it's convenient. Yeah. But yeah. It's different I mean, if you immediately own up to it. It's it's another thing to like, just keep it like hidden and like, you know, like a secret, like, you know, oh, I use a splash. They're not going to notice, but just owning up to it. It's completely different. I did work in a place that had really bizarre or okay I thought it was bizarre you'll have to tell me how this has worked in places you've worked but in my experience potluck culture and this I don't know if this is a workplace thing if this is a midwestern thing I don't have any idea but usually where I've worked work potluck culture is that you kind of all put your food out everyone eats what they want to eat right like you eat what you want to have and then after the potluck everyone kind of wraps everything up sticks stuff back in the fridge but if it's something you brought and there's a bunch left, you either have to sort of make a conscious announcement of like, hey, I'm leaving this here for everybody or it yeah. goes home with you. Right. Like yeah. if only like half my casserole was eating, like I'm going to take the other half home, like feed it to my kids or whatever. Um, and there's a lot of nuance to that. Right. Almost every pot like I've ever been to at work also had like a three o'clock extra potluck at like <laughs> at like three where everyone gets like half of the food back out and like has like an afternoon snack. Yeah. And again, it's still sort of on potluck time, but I worked somewhere where we'd done like, I think maybe we'd had like sandwiches as a potluck. So people had brought like a bunch of different kinds of like fun bread and a bunch of meats and a bunch of cheeses. And people were taking home whole loaves of bread that did not belong (laughs) to them. Like whole loaves of bread. And one of the people who had brought the loaves of bread was like, hey, are you just taking my bread? bread home like I brought that for the potluck if we're done with the potluck because it's now like 5 p.m I'm gonna take my whole loaf of unopened bread home (laughs) yeah yeah and they wouldn't give it back they wouldn't I feel like in potlucks if it's like it should have been an unwritten rule that if you left it there at the end of the day it is for everybody and if you are wanting an afternoon snack or wanting to take a left of leftover bread home then you just ask the person who brought it be like hey could i sneak a little bit more uh or could i take some this was so good do you mind if i take a little bit home to have for dinner or whatever it is and then if they say yes then great and if they say no then you just have to respect that and then if they leave it and they haven't said hey i'm gonna take this home tomorrow or whatever then it's kind of an understanding that it's still there for everybody right like i feel like that would be logical yeah that's kind of how it works in my mind too and most places seem to have like a designated giveaway table like in the break room there's like a table where you see a pile of crap and you're like okay this is stuff somebody brought because their kid hated these kinds of like snacks yeah Um, have you ever had that where you worked yeah people just bring in stuff and be like hey this is gonna go bad just wanted to see if y'all wanted it or hey we didn't like this does anybody want it it's Um, like the table where you put donuts like if you're bringing donuts to everyone it's like the table where you go put them yeah and you just send out an email and let them know it's in the kitchen right yeah we did that a lot the last place i worked because they might have like kids clothes your kid outgrew and you're just going to go put a couple of pairs of pants or like nurses would do that a lot with scrubs they Mm -hmm. would have scrubs that they didn't like or they didn't fit or whatever and they would just put them in there and it was kind of in that one little place and everyone just sort of knew if you see it there usually you'd put a note on it too like hey these don't fit me somebody take them you wouldn't even put your name on it like just these are free for all yeah well that's good yeah it was kind of nice 
Um, things like that create community within a work environment. And those yeah. are positive things to have. Absolutely. And then usually if it would sit there, um, I don't know, till the end of the week or something, we would stick it in a storage closet or it would get thrown away or, you know, just something. But you got to give it a few days, right? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Stealing food from the fridge, though, that's just annoying. There's oh, nothing like wrong. thinking you have lunch available <laughs> and it's a lunch you were looking forward to because if you brought leftovers, you typically want to eat them. Oh, yeah. They're always better the next day. Yeah. And then you get in there and your food's not there or somebody touched it. Ah, you just leave food alone. It's gross. Yeah. So I think we got time for one more. I was about to ask you if we have time for more and I've got one more pulled up. So let's go through it. Mm -hmm. Okay. Am I the asshole for helping my daughter during a vulnerable time against my wife's wishes? Uh, Which is a weird title. Uh, Okay. I, 36 male, have a 13 year old daughter. I've been extremely close to her her entire life. When she was first born, I was the one who stayed home with her because her mom was anxious to get back to work. Not even a week after she was born. Wow, that woman healed quickly. Uh, We spend every moment together. You know, we go on walking adventures. We go ride bikes. We go for ice cream. My wife, on the other hand, is like always too tired to spend time with her. And then it says, this has been an excuse every day since she's been born, which Hmm. seems like an exaggeration. Like really every day for 13 years, you haven't hung out with your daughter. Mm -hmm. That's a lot. Anyway. Yeah. It says, well, recently she started her first menstrual cycle instead of going to her mother who was home. She came to me. I showed her how to use a pad, gave her some, offered to take her shopping. Uh, she seemed happy enough and she went on her way. Her mother asked me what that was all about. And I told her, I think this is sort of weird too. I told her that my daughter had her first cycle and wanted to know how to use products. Wife Ooh. is now furious with me. Says she's says this is a mother's job. The child should have come to her instead of the husband and isn't talking to me. I said, if she felt comfortable talking to you, she would have asked you, but you're never around never spend any time with her. And my wife said, well, she's busy working. And I said, well, I am too, but I always have time. She just doesn't want to spend time with a child. We'd rather spend time with adults and have drinks and conversations rather than childish conversations. I told her that's why she felt comfortable coming to me and not her. And now she's accusing me of inappropriate behavior towards her. Am I the asshole? And then he does add an edit. Like we've done some family counseling and stuff. It just doesn't really help. I have very strong feelings about this because the mother- There's a lot going on here. Yeah. I think there is. And it kind of shows with the daughter's behavior. So you, the mother is focusing on herself and not her daughter. This is her daughter's step into womanhood. If she didn't feel comfortable going to her mother and went to her father, that's who she needed guidance from or felt like she needed guidance from. Mm -hmm. And it seemed like he did the right thing. There's nothing inappropriate. What if he was a single dad? And in this instance, I kind of think he's like, parenting alone i think it certainly that, seems like it from his telling of the story he does yeah. seem very alone and the fact that she did go to him i feel like i believe his version probably true you know you kind of have to look at the child's behavior because if it was something she felt comfortable with her mother she would have gone to her mother right you know but say he was a single dad, you know, single dads all the time have to deal with like, you know, the first menstrual cycle and going right. and getting tampons for Buying their daughter pads. and yeah. showing them how to use it the best they know how. And I don't think he did anything wrong, you know? Here's the only place I, I differ from you. I think his response to his daughter was like, sounds perfect, but he's an asshole to his wife mm-hmm. and she might also be an asshole. He, mm-hmm. She definitely is from his telling, but like... 
immediately jumping right. It sounds like this is probably a fight they have all the time yeah. because it goes from, she should have asked me. And he immediately goes to all you want to do is go out and drink with your friends. You don't ever spend any time with her yeah. every day for 13 years, which just doesn't sound true. Maybe it is like, why probably have you stayed with a wife? Right. Like, but why would you ever stay with a wife? Like why, why is this whole situation having, mm-hmm. but like his response to his daughter is great. Okay. You started your period. Here's how you use the pad. Mm-hmm. I'll take you shopping if you need it. Everything's fine. I agree. He's got like the whole thing where he says, my daughter. Right. (laughs) He doesn't see the mother as a parent. And maybe she doesn't have those motherly instincts. And maybe she doesn't do the majority of the parenting, you know? Right. The only thing where she kind of is weird is now she's accusing me of inappropriate behavior. I don't know what he's saying there. Like, is he saying it was inappropriate like to talk about inappropriate because it wouldn't be inappropriate to just talk about right but like what else would be inappropriate like a dad can talk to his daughter about a period well maybe she doesn't think so maybe she thinks it's inappropriate for a male figure in a daughter's life to discuss feminine bodily functions right well she's wrong yeah she is (laughs) if that's the case Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I definitely see that it's probably not the norm. Like, I feel Mm -hmm. like most girls, if they were equally, if like two parents were available, a mom and a dad, they would probably go to their mom. Yeah. But going to your dad, like there's nothing inappropriate with going to your dad. It doesn't say he did anything weird in showing her how to use her a pad. I I don't know. Yeah. That whole thing is weird. Like, what is she accusing you of? Yeah. Because Mm -hmm. simply talking about it, isn't inappropriate and i don't think like his edit doesn't say anything about that it just says we've been to like mother-daughter counseling we've been to family counseling it doesn't mention the inappropriate part like i would have a ton of questions like what is she saying why does she think it's inappropriate why is he very much like he clearly dislikes his wife from this post yeah that's a (laughs) they should just get divorced i think it's going to be better for the daughter and i think the daughter probably sees that right things aren't working well here Mm -hmm. i'm also a little wondering like what's going on with this mom that you want to be back at work within a week like and i'm not the kind of person who wants to be home with a newborn for like a long period of time i i you know i love my kids i loved holding them when they were babies but i like going to work too so like i get not wanting to spend months home if that's not your thing yeah but like less than a week is that even true I don't know. She right, definitely know. doesn't seem on the surface like she has any motherly instincts. Right. She's a well, very being like, driven woman. Right. Always too tired to spend time with her. Like, is she depressed? Like what? Something's going on. Yeah. Maybe she's a workaholic and that's, that's her priority. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, I which is fine. If this is kind of a sad one. Thing. It kind of is because it doesn't seem like anyone's happy in this situation. Nope. Right. Right. Like also periods suck. Yeah, right. Poor kid. <laughs> I remember my first one being like crap. I knew what a period was by the time I had one. Uh-huh. Um, I knew all about them. Your sister was older. Thing. Yeah, yeah. And by the time I had one, I was like, ah, oh, crap. <laughs> like I did not like it. <laughs> I don't think anyone <clears throat> liked it, but yeah, I knew oh. it was coming, and it was dreadful. Yeah. Oh, I started one time at Girl Scout camp. Oh no, a latrine on my tenth oh. birthday. Oh. Yeah. It wasn't the first, like I'd started when I was nine, but uh, yeah. yeah. Let me just say being in like fourth grade and having your period. No, Mm -hmm. not the thing. Elementary schools need to do better because they were not set up. (laughs) Yeah. Which is, which is early for a girl, but it, 
you know, it happens. So they should right. have, you know, it's not common, but they should have stuff at the nurse's station and just be like, oh, okay, here you go. And right. Or just in the times, bathroom. Like, yeah. I would have make never, it a deal. right. I would have never. Oh my gosh. When I was in sixth grade, me and my friend Lauren had perfectly synced that we both started during seventh period, Texas history. <laughs> I think the teacher's name was Mrs. Hansen. And like, I swear this happened for months. Lauren and I both, and I know that teacher probably thought she was an, an older woman at the time. I'm sure she thought we were making it up because like the both of us would be like, we have to go to the bathroom. But every time, and one time I got up, we were watching a video and I was like, hey, I got to go to the bathroom. Like, and she, I think said something along the lines of like, can, can it wait? Like, can we at least finish the video? And I was like, oh no, no, I've got to go now. I need to run by my locker and then I need to go to the bathroom. Uh -huh. And she was like, oh, okay, hold on. I have pads. She starts oh, no. walking around the room, looking in cabinets, doing so. I'm just standing there at the front of the room. Like, I hope to God she doesn't find anything. You're going to yeah. hand me a pad, which is ridiculous. That's traumatizing. We need, it is. And we need to set up society where like, that should not be embarrassing in any way. Yeah. But like, it is. <laughs> it was horrifying. And it is because they made it, it that way. Yeah. Yeah. She didn't find anything. Eventually she was just like, just go to the bathroom. And I'm like, mm -hmm. yeah, let me just deal with this. Like I can deal with it. Yeah. But like, oh my God, please don't find a pad and like whip out a whole thing of pads in the front of the entire class. Like let's not, no, no, no. Yeah. No, that's horrible. Yeah. Oh man. Well, what you think, Coley? You think the street lights are on? Yeah, we probably do need to wrap up. I'll check on my my sick baby. I can't tell if he's, I can't see his face. So I don't know if he's falling asleep or he's just watching TV. Yeah. Poor guy. I know he was feeling fine for a while. And I thought maybe he had just kind of not made it up because he's only four, but like just kind of didn't feel good this morning, but now he's clearly not feeling good. So yeah, I'll check on him. You've got some driving to do. You got to get mm -hmm. to your shoot. Yeah. But this was fun. I think people yeah. should send us uh there are, am I the asshole stories like, on our social media? We will give like, you our expert opinions. Yeah, we'll tell you if you're an asshole. Yeah, <laughs> love it. All right, well, take it away, Jess. All right, guys, we'll see you next time. See you next time. Bye.